Hello and welcome to Season 2 of X-Rental, the 90s video shop podcast that refuses to move on from the time of Spice Girls, Desert Wars and Pogs. Lots and lots of Pogs. My name's Ash and I'm joined as always by my deplorable co-host, Brad Hansen. Hi, it's nice not having to do the intro for once. Yes, we're sharing the load now. Oh, we love sharing loads. And given the film that we're talking about, it's probably not the first time loads is going to be mentioned. Exactly. I'm sure it's going to snowball out of control at any point. Gross. How you doing, Brad? Fine. Do you enjoy your break? <laughs> I enjoyed my ex-rental break. I got to, you know, go on proper podcasts again, which was nice for me. Um, but now I'm back slumming it with you. So good. Oh, good, how, good, 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 good. How the other half live. <laughs> yes. What have you been doing? What have you been keeping up with? Since fuck we all. were cool. Fuck all. Fuck all as always. Living, living, living the dream. However, as, as, as I mentioned to you previously, I'm trying to watch a film a day this year for the first time in a while. So I'm on target. We're all good. Kind of annoying I'm, trying to avoid 90s films in case a guest picks one. But there you go. <laughs> this is the problem because we're currently, as we record this, reaching out to guests. So we have no firm plan. We have some people in the can. Some people are TBC. So we can't make any you know, plans. So uh, uh, we have a whole decade that we can't watch films of while this is going on. So it's not stopping you, to be fair. No, I just do what I don't want. Know why you're, don't know why, why you're fronting up about it. <laughs> you're just listen, going ahead straight away. Listen, 92, 96, 99, who gives a shit? Listen, right, you're peeking behind the, the curtain of what the Great Wizard does. <laughs> it's not worth doing. It's not worth relying, you know, I can't think of the fucking word. What's the word? Well, this is such a great start Dwelling. to season two. Everyone Dwelling. knows what they're in for. Well, you're all, you, if you're here from season one, you know what you're going to be getting. Uh, so Brad, we've we've already glimpsed into our pasts with our local video shops. We've told our stories of who they are, where they were, um, but maybe not so much the experience of video shops that's kind of kept its hooks in us for the last twenty years. So, with that in mind, when if I say to you, your video shop, what is the piece of video cover art that first springs to mind? What is just that vid that clamshell case that just springs straight into your cranium? It's so sad that the first thing that popped into my head was um, Bud the Chud 2. <laughs> the back of a pickup truck with the eyes leering out with all the people having fun in the front of the, of the vehicle. Uh, when you said that to me, that is the first thing that popped into my head. So I have to go with my first answer. So it's I Bud know. the Chud. I know. Because the, the first one is it's the the, the, uh, the manhole cover. Yeah. coming out for, And then, yeah, yeah. I know this cover. I know it very, very well. And I like, I like, have you seen the film? Yeah, of course I have. Yeah. Do you like the film? They're fine. The Chud films are fine. They're quite They're nice. Fine. They're self-contained little adventures. Mid the Chid. Mid the Chid. Yeah. Exactly. What about you? So, I mean, pathetically, I've not even seen the film. That immediately springs to mind. And it, it's insane. But the, I think we've briefly touched on it um, previously. But it's 1992's Nemesis. Uh, according to the logline, it's about a cyborg who sets off to deliver sensitive data to terrorists who plan on destroying humans uh, and an L.A. cyborg cop and her former partner who is tasked to find her. So it actually sounds pretty good. Uh, definitely something I want to cover at some point. And the only reason I haven't seen it is because quite often when I was younger, you kind of share the rental fees with a friend or a family member. Mm. So I would always get shot down. Every time I pick it up, I, I, I get shot down. And then more and more new releases come about and it just falls down the pile. But when this 
when this question was kind of presenting it to itself straight away i saw that weird cover with the lads from the matrix looking like they're joining zordon from power rangers for a beer it's not even an, an exceptional piece of artwork it's just something it's just i can i can see it in my mind's eye right now third row from the top at the video shop nemesis three it's actually i can actually picture it. it's three videos in third from the top look at that in his dying dream when he's on his deathbed he's not gonna think of his wife and kids he's gonna think about the placement of a copy of albert pun's nemesis from 1992 and i'm sure i probably still won't have watched it by that point either. Well, well the good news is i actually own 101 films did a uh box set and i actually own uh nemesis one to four uh on blu-ray oh, they did four well, they actually did five. But five? They Brilliant. did five, but I've got one to four. They're, they're, direct, they're directed by a guy called Albert Pyn, who did Cyborg, the Jean-Claude Van Damme movie. Yes. Uh, and he made loads of other terrible, terrible films like Dole Man and Alien in LA and a lot of the stuff that basically Vinegar Syndrome would be releasing to this day. Um, so now that you've told me that, you know, on the subject of where we're about to go in this conversation... I feel like I need to do you a solid for season three and maybe pick Nemesis for season three. By that, you mean my wife and family. like So that it's not the dying wish. It's not the, well, not, you can not maybe the dying remember words. your son and, and stuff <laughs> instead of, of instead of a film that you have never seen. At least it, get it ticked off and then you maybe won't have to think about it so much anymore. It, it, it's kind of like a testament, though, to that these these 90s clamshell cases. The, the artwork was just such a major a major part of it that you didn't necessarily have to watch these films that were that for them to become ingrained in your psyche they just they're there yeah i mean there, there's so many films and so many film artworks of films that i'll never see that i'll always remember like monster's ball i've never seen monster's ball i'm never gonna watch monster's one with halle berry yeah but the the artwork of it in that like sepia color it hit straight him... into my brain the minute you said it yeah, <laughs> the sepia colour with uh, with her and Billy Bob Thornton on the front cover, just in my brain. I can't not think of it, but I've never seen it and I probably never will. And also, listen, you've never, seen it. So you've never felt do... good. You never felt good. No, also, I think that you're film's like 2001, isn't it? It was 2001. Thank God. It's yeah. in a totally different decade. Dodge uh, the bullet there. Dodge the bullet. It's all right. It's famous sure. basically for the sex scene. That's pretty much the only thing it's famous for, to be honest. Uh, and a couple of good performances. I mean, when, so when when looking at video artwork, it's always been, especially in the horror genre, which obviously you know is my modus operandi, has always been a second marketing ploy to get people to watch your movies. And I know it can the, the same could be said for action and comedy and everything else, but horror specifically really put an emphasis on putting out the gnarliest, most interesting looking cover art possible for the shittest films possible. To the point where you would think you were going into getting this like amazing gore fest nightmare movie, and then you end up with some turgid eighty minute mess made by a Hungarian in Hungary, <laughs> in, 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 in rural Hungary, not even not even in one of the main cities. Uh, that's absolutely terrible. But it, that was the kind of you know it's like mining for gold, right? You see a lot of shiny pieces, yeah. but not all of them are treasure. Yeah, it's and it's probably cheaper to hire. A really fucking good artist to do a few days work than it is to put together the set pieces that, to the set pieces <laughs> that they promise on said cover <laughs> yes 
indeed. But yeah, I mean, there's the, the, we could go. You could do a whole podcast just about VHS artwork, and I think we're not the guys to do that because I don't no. think either of us have really got an artistic bone in our body. Absolutely not. My son's already exceeded me at four years old, so it's oh, he can cut. He, he can go in the lines. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah see, yeah. that's where that's where that, that was the, that was the line. And it he, was and he, the, the quite literal line, yes. And he didn't cross it, but did at the same time. So it's it's very confusing. There's also several coffee table books about the uh, just oh. horror alone. Oh yeah, I've smart smart people, smarter people have got have got that area. I've got better you, opinions. You, we'll stick to what we know best, which is barely talking about the film itself, and instead squabbling over things that really don't matter. Exactly. That's, that's what we. That's, that's what we're good at. That's my modus operandi. <laughs> wow. um, so one of the things we're trying to do with this show is to cover a range of films that in some cases some of us haven't seen. Um, and that's exactly what we're going to kick off with. Because if you remember our episode last season with Will from Creeper, Brad dropped a shocking revelation. And I guess maybe you pay a little less attention because um, I don't know how many times I've seen Point Break now. Like, because <laughs> he watched it all the time because it was always at my house. But uh, I don't know, is, is that something that you guys, uh, that, that's kind of part of your podcast a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean, first of all, the answer to uh, how many times to watch Point Break is too many times. There's always one less than the amount you've watched it. So you keep watching it because it's eternal. <laughs> I've still never seen it. What have you not? Flying, and now we have rectified that crime against humanity. This week we are covering, Bradley? Uh, we are covering Point Break. You want to nail the bank robbers and be a big hero? Definitely. The ex-presidents are surfers. You're trying to tell me the FBI is going to pay me to learn to surf. Released in the UK on the 22nd of November 1991, the same month sees the sad passing of Queen singer Freddie Mercury, the KGB formally cease all operations, and Soundgarden release their breakout record, Bad Motor Finger. More on that later. Brad, before we even touch on what you thought of this film why in the fresh hell is it taking so long for you to watch point break i mean there's many of these films i think everyone has in their in their in their locker where they just you know it's it's become such a cultural icon uh you know things have been aped and mentioned and referenced in various other films and other media that you feel like you've already kind of seen the film anyway so, so you're like well what, what's the point there's no point in me in actually uh, taking the time to do it. But I thought as a lovely little Christmas present to you, and I knew it would mean some, a modicum of something to the you. The world. The world. Um, that I thought just before Christmas, I was going to stick it on. I think BBC iPlayer uh, put it on theirs. And at that point, my hands are tied. There's not a lot I can do. Um, so I decided to do the right thing and uh, put it on for you. And I've got to say... It's quite good, isn't it? It is quite good. Before we go into that, let's let's have a let you know, going off of the back of our cover art discussion. Mm. This isn't one of the great ones, is it? The VHS <laughs> cover art for point break is it's it it's it, it's like Monsters Ball in the sense of the minute you say the film title, the the that clamshell springs straight into my mind. But it's not great. I mean horny but not great. Like you've got Keanu full on smoldering mode. Uh, Swayze's looking like a lion. Uh, but if it weren't for the ex-presidents, it's not a particularly interesting bit of artwork, is it? Not particularly. No. I mean, 
it's you what you what you're learning is there's water involved and there's some hunky little boys that are going to be doing something and it's 18 so it's naughty um but no it's not one that you know it, it, from a cultural standpoint it sticks in my mind but it's not an all-timer it's not no one's going to get a, a print of that and post it on their wall you know that's not a the I'm, still, I'm also still waiting for an alternative movie poster from that community to create a point break poster that hasn't fucking sucked because they're not doing great on that front either haven't found the right lightning in the bottle mate do you know what i mean no they were actually uh we'll jump a bit ahead early on the trivia um but they were originally sounds like something you'd normally do yeah go on usually yeah but they were going to call the film johnny utah originally and then we're like but no one will know it's about surfing i said well i mean utah famously for one one of the drier states (laughs) yes (laughs) but also is it about surfing it's not really, is it? It's about it's about male friendship. Yeah, it's about the friends we made along the way. So, Brad, initial thoughts and opinions. It fucks, right? I mean, it, it fucks. absolutely fucks. It fucks and it fucks hard. Everyone has got the maddest name possible. Yep. No, no one, no one can have a normal name. There's no Mike Smiths in this. It's like, oh, here's Gary Boosie's character. I'm sure he's, you know, a, a straight shooting kind of guy. My name's like Albador. Papas. Papas. <laughs> oh dear. Um, Poor child. They've all got fucking weird names. Could be Warren Child, which is a fairly normal name, but yeah. No. War, War child. child. Yeah, just normal, <laughs> regular names. Uh, and obviously Birdie dude. Um that, but yeah. that, that does have meaning behind it. It's short for the Bodivitz Bodihivitsa, which is the some Buddhist god about freedom seeking enlightenment etc as you do there, there is a thematic link with his name at least it's still fucking bonkers yeah i mean it, white appropriation also <laughs> that as well but we'll, <laughs> less of an issue in 1991 yeah um so papas what we find out is that johnny utah is a an ohio state quarterback and his career was cruelly cut short uh with a knee injury so he's joined the FBI program and is now coming in as a kind of wet behind the ears scrub. The the Jodie Foster moment, you know, yeah. same year, obviously, but we had two films where you're sort of finding someone getting thrown into the deep end of uh, the FBI. And basically, Papas is investigating a series of bank robberies that are being executed by men dressed as ex-presidents, specifically Ronald Reagan, the actor, uh, Jimmy Carter. Richard Nixon and Lyndon B. Johnson, and he has a theory that no one else takes seriously, and I understand why they don't take him seriously. Because it's a race. It's based around assholes. <laughs> it's based around butts. <laughs> around butts. The only surfers would moon. Um, but he believes that that the um, the the uh, robberies are being taken uh, done by surfers because they're just like getting enough money to like enjoy the season, you know, and then they'll like go away and find somewhere else to rob where the waves are better no, which I don't is i think they do that i think it is literally a few robberies live off of that for for 10 months and then come back and do them again in the same again. place your plan makes more sense from a, a criminal point of view of you know spreading the crimes nationwide across the world etc rather than we're just going to keep hitting LA. <laughs> the same place <laughs> the same place and they won't catch us um but why did you have to bloody moan? You've ruined it. Yeah. Your arse has been the undoing of everything. The tan lines, the real reason the ex-presidents were brought down. That's it. 
as you daft, should. ultimately as daft as Watergate, which brought down Richard Nixon. There you go. So, but as as a setup, I'm like, yeah, fine. Like, I'm in. Like, this is easy. I can understand this. This there's nothing here that's going to get uh, too deep and metaphysical. But then maybe it kind of does. You know, there's um, Bodie and and Johnny Utah. They kind of meet each other because Johnny's decided to try and infiltrate the surfer gang after doing a montage of learning how to surf. Uh, I can't remember what song plays over it, but you know, I'd imagine it's a push it to the limit. No, no. You see, this is this is where I'll, I'll discuss it a, a bit more a bit later. But yeah, this is the, the crossover into the '90s alt rock boom, away the from boom. away away from the 808s and hair rock, and yeah, and fully into college rock and grunge, etc. So yeah, you have got your butthole surfers and people like that. A lot yeah. of buttholes in this film, really. Yeah, isn't there? yeah, yeah, several buttholes. And this is also where um, Johnny meets Tyler. And Tyler played by Laurie Petty, and she's kind of a surf girl who early just... night early nineties movie royalty as far yeah. as I'm concerned. Laurie Petty, tank, the Tank Girl Queen, yeah, L- League of Their Own. She's great. fantastic. She's great. She's great, and she's obviously like, you're a fucking poser, dude. I don't believe you. I see, she sees right through it, and in a way, his relationship with her helps him kind of ingratiate himself into uh, the culture when he uh, he finally gets a chance to get put in front of Bodie in the least gay way possible, which is, of course, a shirtless game of touch football. Of course. Uh, the only way that men truly bonded back in the early 90s was through shirtless touching. And also the 80s, because I'll, I'll put in another bit of my trivia now, is uh, where that was shot was the very same beach that the football game happened in 1984's The Karate Kid. Fantastic. Evidently, it's just a really nice flat bit of sand just a perfect bit for yeah. for a ball game or, 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 or of any ilk but yes shirtless touching was a thing that men sort of did back then i'm sure they do it now um i just don't make a lot of friends and i'm also quite uncomfortable removing my shirt these days um but you know a lot of friendships were made through shirtless touching uh i'm thinking hulk hogan and randy savage the mega powers uh they really sort of formed a friendship through shirtless touching. Obviously, Bodie and Johnny Utah is a, a prime example of shirtless touching. Uh, the gentlemen in, in Top Gun, they also volleyballed themselves into friendship. So Both versions. In both versions, so even in a contemporary setting. So really, if just an advice to any of the men out there that are looking to meet other men <laughs> in, a, in a normal, not weird way. Pick a sport, grease up. Grease meet, up. Meet your pal down the beach. Prove yourself you're not you're not a jabroni and smack some ass, you know, like to not in like a weird way, in like a congratulatory, like yeah. that was a good play, good kick or, you know, whatever. Good hustle. Mm. Good hustle. I, I like that that's a, a thing that we we can do as 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 men. If anything, it was quite forward thinking. In what in, in what in what sense would you say? Considering the rampant homophobia of the eighties and nineties, I mean, before thinking, <laughs> the entire time that they're on screen together, I'm like, when are they fucking? Like, yeah, oh, it's they're... an absolute. I don't use the term bromance because that is usually just like a, a dudes being friends, but like it's as there's more, it's more than that romantic element. Like Utah is smitten mm. with Bodie, and Bodie's kind of Bodie's kind of like the older man. Like, oh, yeah, I've done this before. Hey, hello, young buck. Mm. Come and let me break you in. 
Yes. You're a bit too wild, Stallion. Yes. <laughs> we mm. fucking loser. Well, <laughs> 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 it is. It's it's such a fucking great film. Um, I think Catherine Bigelow is from a direct from a directing point of view just absolutely kills it because you've got this mash of of decades occurring in this film uh so which is going to take me on to where i feel it this sits from a, a cultural a cultural standpoint in the 90s you're going to have to bear with me on this one because i'm going to take you on a ride because i feel like point break is the cinematic equivalent of skid rose slave to the grind album now bear with me on this one it's going to be a bit outside the box. It could well be the oddest thing anyone's ever heard. But uh, it's akin to Skid Row's sophomore record, Slave to the Grind. So Skid Row's eponymous debut record, which was released in January 1989, uh, was very much in debt to your Guns N' Roses, your Poisons. It was very much in the hair metal arena. Yeah, and the hair metal arena, for me, I've let's in this instance, is aligned with your... 80s action movies the the, the, the smart ass witty lines after you kill someone everything's a little bit over the top the the men are big 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 men just as the hair is big 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 hair in hair metal there's these kind of these kind of parallels that run through these two time periods and genres so it's very much in debt to it kind of came at like the tail end of that hair metal thing it was also the best of that sunset strip lot that record is the best of all of those. Um, however, by the time follow-up Slave to the Grind was released, the grunge takeover and the death of hair metal had begun. And what Skid Row did really well with Slave to the Grind was marry that sleaze of the hair metal era with the grit of grunge. So it's, it's like it's a much crunchier visceral record. And I promise this is relevant. Point Break is the cinematic equivalent of Slave to the Grind because the film rather wonderfully weaves the the remnants of the 80s bombastic action filmmaking and the very very strong loving with its male characters and the camera does love to make love to those characters that's all still very much present but it marries that with the cusp of the in the cinema boom of the 90s, which is most notably in the casting. So Keanu Reeves at this point was absolutely not an obvious action movie star until he absolutely was an action movie star off of the back of this film. Um, you've got the alt-rock soundtrack with, as I said, the butthole surfers featuring, I think Soundgarden have got a song on there as well. You've got Anthony Kiedis of the Red Hot Chili Peppers getting a small role. Uh, that would be a waste of time. Is the, Ultimately, for me, his most positive contribution to pop culture and none of that horrible shit that has been put on vinyl uh tom fucking sizemore uh it's just this 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 wonderful middle ground between 80s and 90s action cinema much in the same way that slave to the grind was able to take those two elements and, and and make it very modern whilst kind of feeling like it's the best of both worlds uh that's my niche spiel on my point break is the slave to the grind of US action cinema. Now, you just tried to do film criticism and that, you know, I... I is this the part like in Billy Madison? This is the dumbest thing <laughs> This is the stupidest <laughs> Everyone's thing. Everyone's dumber for hearing. <laughs> I've ever heard. 
no not at all um i get what you're saying because it, it, this does feel like a a, a, mel- a melding pot right of 80s buddy cop sort of because you've got the papas and and utah thing but also you've got the kind of buddiness between Bodhi and utah as well so you've got this you know coming off the back of 48 hours and all those other midnight run and all that other shit that was going on in the 80s you've got that ingredient but with as you say an edgier grittier but also more vibrant and youthful um perspective on action in itself skydiving which is although you know you've seen people skydiving and kill people in war movies it it's more recreational if anything and it's more of a bonding experience and it reframes that narrative of that particular action b obviously surfing really hadn't come into any um there was surfing movies don't get me wrong but they certainly surfing in action was certainly nothing in, unless it was uh surf nazis must die i don't know if you've ever seen yeah. uh, that How classic trauma movie billy bob thornton's in that is he in well, surf nazis up. must die yeah i don't think billy bob thornton's in surf nazis okay. but I, I can check but it's uh, uh, you, you carry on I will you carry check. on I just, you check I... and see if billy bob thornton is in surf nazis must die um and where the fuck were, you've thrown me through a fucking loop there <laughs> sorry so extreme sports were not prevalent in action cinema not at this time <laughs> no because obviously off the back of this as well you get terminal velocity you get drop zone to very good <laughs> executive <laughs> decision to an extent to an de- extent to a much uh, lesser extent extreme ops at the turn of the century ops, yeah and then the surfing kind of didn't really pick up though did it because you got blue crush but that was in the that was the early 2000s oh, we forgot it? surf ninjas obviously surf ninjas who could forget surf ninjas many have tried (laughs) many many have and all failed um but it's sort of i get what you're saying it it does feel like a a turning point right in in which the way action cinema was going to go because i do see some bayisms and no i know that's going to make you feel a bit sick but i've got my time for bayisms Yes, in the way that Bigelow presents the movie. But I think Bigelow's direction is really assured. She knows she has loads of hot, sexy guys and the girlfriends are going to have been dragged along to watch the movie. So it gives them something to look at. Obviously, the gays are out in full force because it is literally just wall-to-wall stacked with absolute fit boys. Stallions. Yeah, just proper bucks. So they are all catered for. And then the dumb bros that have no idea that either of those things are going on, they don't understand what subtext is. They still get to watch a fun movie where people skydive and surf. And when they look at each other longingly, I just think they just think they're really angry with each other. They don't really realise that they're both thinking about opening each other up like a can of ham. That's a turn of phrase. I wasn't. You know, like the Oakwood ones. Oh, no, no, I know. I know. Um, uh, Just... To jump back, um, I do apologize. Was Billy Bob Thornton in Surf Nazis Must Die? No, sorry. I was thinking of Sling Blade. No, I'm only joking. No, uh, Chopper Chicks in Zombie Town was the film he was in. I knew it was a daft title. My apologies. Here was me thinking it was going to be Slime Ball Babes at the... <laughs> sorority Babes at the Slime Ball Bar at Bolivar. <laughs> Never mind. We're but like, it, but there, is, there is that that modern... That modern action cinema element is so prevalent in this i, th- I think the, the 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 iconic foot chase between utah and bodhi um lots of shaky cam very 
up close and personal rather than what I think would have been in the 80s would have been a bit more synth soundtrack pulling away lots of rolling lots of attempts to make both both of them look good as opposed to this approach which is they're fucking each other up ultimately like this isn't this isn't a glamorous chase here but that we've got between goody and baddie this is desperation yeah they they are both scrambling one to get away and one to you know ultimately lay down and go ah you're afraid you're getting in the air and gone ah yeah <laughs> oh so all of this would have made a lot more sense to you now <laughs> yeah well i mean you do in hot fuzz they're kind of enough to show you the scene oh yeah uh, good point so, so, <laughs> so you knew that part that was yes. kind of a spoiler ahead of a this spoiler. is what i mean it had been spoiled so much by you know yeah. media in 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 a way um, i'm just i'm glad that my weird little slaves to the grind tangent had some kind of purpose i was on the oh, right no, track i didn't, I didn't say that clumsy. <laughs> I didn't say that. I tried to. I came in and tried to fix that. Nah, it's fine, baby. It's nice of you. I, I, it's nice that you took the swing. I did. I yeah. did. It can. St- it can stay in. I'll let you Fuck stay. I'll, I'll let you keep. Better, it. Dude. I've been thinking. I've been thinking about this. This comparison for years. The problem is, uh, you edit these, so I've got no real say in it anyway. There is also that. There is uh, that. The big power that I've got. Oh, yes. Um, standout scenes for you. Standout scenes. Standout uh stand up performances is there any elements i think the whole thing being fucking awesome top to bottom i think the skydiving scene is something that i thought was really well done because they both know that they know uh, although they think they know that they know but they're both pretending like everything's fine and you know they go up in in there and you know it it basically becomes almost like a hostage situation right but also kind of like a a rite of passage like but also is there a part of it where bodhi's like you could leave the FBI behind and come and play with me. Oh yeah, he absolutely is. There's He's, absolutely an element of seduction of yeah. Like you could, we could do this every day because <laughs> we could jump I, I, our planes every yeah. day. <laughs> because I think what 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 works really well is that there is an element of your dances with wolves avatar to it. Is that you've got Utah integrating himself into this subculture and very much falling in love with it and realizing this is actually probably where he should be. Is and, a place he could have, uh, an avenue he could have gone down, yeah. Yeah, and Bodhi sees that. I think, and Bodhi knows that, and I feel like until, pro- probably until the beach at the end, I think Bodhi thinks he can turn him. And by turn, what do we mean? I mean, turn him into a bank robber. Right. And maybe more. Maybe more. Maybe more. Maybe more. Um, yeah, I, th- I, I do think the performance, I mean, unfortunately... Keanu doesn't really help himself in his wooden. Um... Oh, see, I disagree. I think like this is exactly his lane, but I feel like he knows exactly what is expected of him. And, and I think this is the, the definitive Keanu performance. I read somewhere that there's a, a, a point break live where they get a random audience yep. member to like come in and read all of Keanu's. Um... Shout it out at random from cue cards. Yeah. And that if and in a way it captures the performance of Keanu more better than any trained actor could do or something along those lines. <laughs> um, but we're going to get onto a subject that which we've touched upon during our ghost episode, I'm sure, which is, do I think that Patrick Swayze is good <laughs> in this film, considering how much I've raked him over the coals in previous times? Yes. And I will say 
he is at his charismatic best in Point Break. Is that a backhanded compliment? Yes, of course it is. Because <laughs> I still think he's not a good actor. But I understand that there is a seductive allure to him and he handles that in the film in a very interesting, subtle, but also sometimes over the top way, depending on what the circumstances call for at the at the time. But I do think he's pretty good in Point Break, I've got to yeah. say. He never slips into pantomime villain. He, no. You're kind of always with him. That, that, that's why I think he was gr- great casting um, because of the, the, you know, the history of Dirty Dancing and Roadhouse and him always being the good guy. You are all, you're pretty much, you can see why Utah is, is almost trying to bring him in, in the best way possible because you can see he doesn't seem like a bad guy. He's, he's not, not a bad dude. He's, he's just, not you know, hamming it up. He just he's got a lifestyle. He's got a lifestyle that he needs funding and you know, we've all I, got it. He's not made for the nine to five, so there's an alternative universe, Bradley, where every vinegar syndrome sale you go and rob a couple of banks to fund your next ten months I worth of, uh, I can't of purchases. How much money I've just spent recently. <laughs> I look back at all the receipts and was like, oh fuck. Nineteen. Nineteen things I bought. That's too many. It's too many. I don't even have the shelf space. I I've was got... gonna say. <laughs> You know, I think it's time to put, you're gonna have to start filtering out some of the weird shit that you bought from Computer Exchange for a 50p because you could. I'm like Green Zone's got to go. Yeah, fucking great. I mean, Jesus Christ. See you later, Disney's home <laughs> <laughs> or DreamWorks home. DreamWorks home. That's got to go. I've already been looking at stuff, being like Bad Neighbors one and two. See you later. You're out. I like those ones, but yeah, yeah but again, not the kind the of thing you actually really have to you don't own. Need to display those. You don't, yeah, you don't have to own those. Those are at best ITV2 at quarter past 11 after a night out film. <laughs> perhaps, perhaps we'll see. We'll see. I, yeah, maybe. Um, so anyway, Swayze. Make, Swayze <laughs> is so convincing that, well, through numerous means, convinces slash forces um johnny utah to accompany them on a bank robbery thus implicating him further into this world of organized crime and when i say organized crime i mean they're very organized they don't take anything from the safe 90 seconds in and out see you fucking later they know where the die packs are they know they know where everything is very clever very very savvy um but of course things go tits up in this one don't they they have to the they have to. There's got to be consequences at some point, and uh, this crescendos in a, in a in a airplane standoff. Yeah, probably the first bit of villainy you actually see from Bodhi in mm-hmm. the entire film against the protagonist again mm. uh, against Utah. This is the first time you actually do where the the veil slips a little bit from being oh actually. Yeah, you do have to be kind of a dick to do this. <laughs> um, and obviously that that's with, with his mates falling one by one around him. Yeah, Roach, uh, Roach is dead. Yeah. Everyone's fucking dead. Um, even, unfortunately, because Gromit's dead as well. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, Papas as well. That's the, that's the one. I mean, that's... When we speak of casting, that's the one that everyone latches onto. Because he's so great. 
Barry we, we love we 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 love him at the best of times anyway. But like well, this is this is full booty. I, I, I will say that today he ha- it has come out that he's recently uh, in the last twenty four hours got his penis out and pissed in front of loads of people. Yeah, but you've done that. That is true. I've done worse. He who casts the first, the first stone. stone. I'm not in the public <laughs> eye. I'm not. I wasn't in Point Break. <laughs> um, but yeah, he, he's been he's been on a mad tear. Yeah, because I think this is one of the first roles back after his accident, right? Because the whole point of why he started going a bit bonkers bananas was when he was in a motorcycle accident. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. it fucked. We reaped we reaped the benefits for many years. See, also I mean, Randy Quaid. Uh, well, before Nancy. he went maga. Yeah, Randy Nick, Quaid went pretty maga. He um, very very, yeah. but so it's it's a it's a very quaid centric decade of fantastic performances of, char- of character yeah. actors we, we we just have to set that aside because we're, we're, we're keeping ourselves in the 90s just for the sake of being able to praise exactly well, i mean this is also what we to got give he, credit gave us, to you. he gave us the ginger dead man obviously i've been dining out on the ginger dead man recently oh you have have you ever seen the ginger i dead? have seen the ginger dead man because the minute i found out gary fucking boosie was in it i was like well that that's immediately piques my interest and it's, it's 69 great. minutes long so yeah. i mean if that's Fine. not a sign that something's been butchered in the edit bay, then nothing. <laughs> I don't think there was ever that much shot. Don't give Charles Band that much credit, Bobby, is, is what I would say. We've got three days, guys, in and out. In we've got, we've got, we've got Boosie we've got, for four hours. <laughs> we've got one location. Let's go. Um, so anyway, um, Bodie gets away. Yeah. Bodie and Rosie leave with the money. See you later. Cut to nine months later. Not a baby. Not a baby. But we're we're in Bell's Beach in Victoria, Australia, mate. And here, l- looking suspiciously like the Californian coast, still looking like the Californian <laughs> coast. Uh, now, here is an interesting thing. You know, I said about how there's been so many cultural references and touch points, even things like Young Dumb and Fuller Calm, and yeah, yeah. Th- these like lines that people have taken from and, and ways that things. It turns out, Ashley, that one of my previous bands has a song named after a Point Break. Oh, for fuck's sake and you didn't know and i didn't know because we have a song called 50 year storm oh for god's sake i thought that was knowing again this is why i was always being surprised by you saying that you, when you i said didn't you write the so- song. i didn't write the songs though i oh, didn't write the lyrics no, to those up. but that band i was the guitarist so oh, i didn't know sure. uh but my band mia hope give us a stream we've got less than a thousand listens on spotify uh have a song called 50 year storm and i had no idea there you go there you go enrichment cultural enrichment cultural enrichment again many years later (laughs) many years not 50 but a a few 15 perhaps getting up there yeah it's close um and it turns out that you know utah's like i'm gonna bring you in despite the fact that he clearly has no jurisdiction yeah i mean yeah they're definitely pushing (laughs) they're pushing the the international treaty laws (laughs) yeah (laughs) yes extradition laws and all that sort of thing and they have a little brawl and they're like listen he's like i've got to surf this and he's like if you surf it you're gonna fucking die and he's like maybe that's for the best and he lets him go he says go on boy go and surf the mad wave and sure enough well we don't know well no we don't know because they were they tried to get a sequel going which considering this was a massive hit isn't a big shock Mm. uh sequel never really got off the ground um but yeah, it's always been an open thing of is Bodhi dead or nay? I mean, he was a good surfer. Was he a 50 year storm good surfer? We'd, we'll never know. 
Uh, I mean, that's a pretty fucking. I mean, unless I missed that, unless I missed that bit in The Impossible, where fucking ponies are going, woohoo! Maybe he turns up in The Impossible. Did you ever see that cut? The Jay Boner cut. Whereas the set, the waves coming in and you and McGregor and Naomi Watts look shocked. You can just see Patrick Swayze on the top. <laughs> just at, at the top. Crested. Full John Kennedy fucking suit and mask. Oh dear. I mean, I think it's safe to say we're not going to get a legacy sequel. A legacy sequel, or whatever they call them now. Well, we did get a... Um, we, we did. A, kind of, a we, got a, we, we got a reboot. We got what is pretty much a remake. Uh, in the Fast and Furious, mm. and Albeit, then we also, and then we also got <laughs> the actual remake. An actual remake. <laughs> Again, remake. I consistently forget it existed because it it came and went like a fucking a fart in a field. Mm. It's just, I remember, I, I don't, I remember there was that that period where it was the trailer was on before everything, and then I don't think I ever remember it being released. It, I mean, obviously it had to have been done because I you went to the, saw it. I, I, I saw it in the cinema. There you I go. Went, it got I released to, somewhere. Yeah, I mean, it's got Delroy Linda and Ray Winston in it. It's nothing to be sniffed at. You know, some character actors in there. And the it was written got Ray Winston in. It was written by uh, Kurt Vimmer, who fucking loves writing a weird film. Oh, good old Equilibrium. Equilibrium. And The Children of the Corn, the new one. Oh, yeah. Oops. I didn't watch that. See <laughs> daisy No. Uh, I think but, it's become clear at this point, The Children of the Corn, which are, we may end up covering one of the sequels. There's been 4,000 of them. Uh, they're just not going to get that story right. They never do. Neither they did never Stephen do. King. It's not a particularly good short story either. It's a hard <laughs> one to do. I don't know why no one's ever been able to do an effective Children of the Corn remake. Because there's a reason it's a short story. <laughs> get to the point. Get it done. Um, but in this, in the remake, the uh, it's Edgar Ramirez is Bodhi. And, and that lad who they desperately tried to make a thing, whose name? Yeah, Luke Bracey. It didn't really yeah. work. Yeah, no. he's Johnny Utah. Um, and they also bring back two of the surfing men from the first film. One, of, so two of the gang members. Oh, that gang, they come back in as FBI agents or directors or whatever. In, in oh, it's a, a little nod. So there is a nod. It's Boji Bojesi Christopher and James Lagrosse. Those two. Are oh, my favourite. That were they? They are in. They are the FBI, and they also get. You know, they've got like you had Anthony Kiedis as the cultural tam. Uh, yeah, sort of like cameo sort of thing. Yeah. In uh, the 2015 one, it's Steve Aoki. That shit DJ. Oh, for fuck's sake! Oh, formerly of the hardcore scene. To be fair, <laughs> they normally are, aren't they? Him yeah. and him and Skrillex. Oh, or are you Skrillex thinking of Skrillex? Calling. Calling Skrillex part of the hardcore scene is a bit of a stretch. Well, that's the last. You know, they had a couple of breakdowns. They had a bit. Okay. I don't know if I'm going to... Uh, I yeah. mean, I'm talking Aoki was more like the, the uh, converged side of things. Perhaps. <laughs> but we digress, as we always do. But, yeah, I mean, I've, I've not seen the remake of Point Break because I find the, the thing to be... Com- the idea of it to be completely distasteful and blasphemous in general. Um, but if the Fast and the Furious is anything to go by that's what happens when you remove homoeroticism from a film. It's not as I interesting. Mean, they slowly have brought the homoeroticism back into the Fast and, and what happened? Franchise. They've got better they for got it. They got good. <laughs> yeah, they've got better for it. Five, six, seven. Bangers. Now they've come out again because of Paul Walker no longer being on the planet anymore. Mm. Now look what's happened. They're, shit. they're, not, they're not as gay. And they're no. not as fun. 
You needed Paul Walker in there to I be like. That's how, I think that we may have accidentally stumbled upon what is actually the key ingredient for an action movie to really work is it just has to be a little bit gay. A little bit gay. Or a lot of bit gay. The gayer it is, arguably, the better it is. We're, we're, we're discussing another well, Look at Atomic film. Blonde. That was a banger. Very gay. Mm. We're discussing another action banger this this season. We've got all in the can ready to go with, with, a, with a guest who's picked one. I'd be interested to see how you... I would argue that is a very fun action film, but I would argue maybe the least gay. I don't know. I feel like we'll get into it. I we'll suppose. get into it. I feel like that's one that, com- that overcompensates, if anything. <laughs> yeah, like it's always the loudest person in the room. That's yeah, exactly. False flag. We'll be covering that. We're going to be covering a lot of good action films in this series. Not this season. In this series of X Factor in general. X Factor. You fucking calling it that? X-Factor? It's the Lauren Hill song. It's because the way that I've written it out is the same way that she writes X-Factor on her album. 90s reference, so it's kind of relevant. Anyway, on X-Rental, we'll be covering an absolute fuckton of... Essentially, is the 90s was a really great period for action cinema in the way that it wasn't particularly a great period for horror films. There's a few. Yeah, there's a few. There's a few bang ones. There's a few. There's a few bangs. Um, So I've got a little bit of trivia for you. Um... So that wasn't Patrick Swayze in the Kennedy mask foot chase, despite the fact that Swayze wanted to do the majority of his st- his stunts on the film and did do. He is an avid skydiver for one and did 55 different skydives on the uh, shoot of Point Break. Uh, that was his stunt double, Scott Wilder, as Swayze was in Europe shooting the film Ghost. Oh, <laughs> there you go. And yeah, as I said previously, Bigelow uh, had to fight to have... Um, Keanu Reeves as uh, Utah the studio wanted Johnny Depp but Bigelow threatened to walk uh, unless unless Reeves was given the role and I imagine Swayze probably had something to do with it because he's got previous as we discussed in our ghost episode in our ghost episode with Whoopi yeah. yeah and then yeah the beach football game same as Karate Kid mm. blah 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 so let me ask you new section new for this season a nice little fun section no one talked, we listened. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so you're sitting down, you're going to have a nice double bill. You're sitting down for a Friday evening at 7 o'clock, you put, in, you put Point Break on, you're like, oh yes. What non-90s film, Brad, are you following Point Break with? I've been really racking my brains in terms of the have way... You? Yeah, I have. Actually, <laughs> this has been the thing that's been stressing me out the most throughout the entirety of us planning to do this episode was what film would I double bill point break with? And I think that the answer that I, that I want to give is uh, a film that came out last year called rotting in the sun. Oh, the Italian Western kind of film. No, no I'm thinking of the, the something to do with tan. Ignore no, me. This is about uh, a, a young a young uh, director. It's basically the director of the film is playing himself, and he goes to a uh, hedonistic gay island where he uh, meets another man, and they kind of perform this kind of half friendship, half potential romantic touch point. And this other kid guy is like a, a like an influencer type person. Uh, and they decide that they're going to work together and make a film together. But when they get back, something goes terribly, terribly awry. 
Uh, and I think in terms of looking at the kind of um, the early stage latent homoeroticism of um, something like Point Break offset against something that is so overtly homoerotic in Rotting in the Sun would play quite well into each other. So my 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 recommendation would be to do Point Break into Rotting in the Sun. Good shout. Good shout. I like the way that your your brain was working. I've gone in a slightly different... Yeah, <laughs> yours like, so, yours! So not a million miles away, to be fair. Um, yeah, five, seven, one. <laughs> so look, the obvious answer would have been Fast and the Furious, um, but I'm not going to go with that. So I actually went with uh, 2018's documentary Free Solo, uh, which you can watch on Disney, uh, which, uh, point break, a lot of it is to do with obsession, obsession around surfing, obsession between characters. This is an obsession with an all, a different extreme sport, that of free climbing, Um very 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 palm sweating <laughs> sport uh, the irony being that your palm sweating can kill you so not ideal yes, in this instance yes that is I, I i get where you're going with that yeah because... it's a very different take on extreme sports uh, and the lengths people go for the quote unquote perfect wave yes his perfect way of being just climbing madly up a fucking big cliff face with nothing to save him no ropes, nothing. Just like, nothing. I'll just do it like a spider monkey. That would that's a, a atypical butthole clenching movie, you know, one of those ones that you just There you go, buttholes tied in as well. Yeah. Where you're just like clenched to the nth degree when it's on. So yeah, I get that as well. We both went very di- it'd be interesting to see how this goes for the rest of the season when we do our double billing, how this is gonna pan out. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like your brain and my brain work in very different ways. I mean I thought our uh our, our top films of 2023 established that quite well yes, to be fair yeah. we've got we come at cinema from a very different angle <laughs> right well i'm i mean i'm happy i'm happy because you finally watched point break i'm even happier that this wasn't a gross point blank situation and you recognize the sheer genius the Spectacle. sheer the sheer velocity of fucking awesome that is Catherine bigelow's 1991 mega hit point break we're until next week Brad, be kind and rewind. Mm. Yes. Um, yes. Thanks for that. He's, just, he's so good at wrapping these up, isn't he? Well, we, we did be kind and rewind last season. You're like, re. Yeah, because re- that's what video shops fucking do. Yeah, but we can do different things each time. Sometimes it could be Don't like. Don't wank in the porn area. Well, yeah. <laughs> like, what the fuck? What else could you do in a video shop? Well, you could have said something like point break related. Like, I don't know. Surf's up, dude. The last one I did, you told me off and said that we might cut it. <laughs> so I just thought I'd err on the side of caution. Be kind, rewind. <laughs> this is all just going to play out over. Did you remember? Absolutely. <laughs> right, next week. Bye-bye.